Welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to practice dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try. And in this episode, we're discussing the one thing that stands in the way of the one thing. You know, we're, we're all addicted to something, and it doesn't take much effort to see this when we look around. You know, uh, all that addiction really is, is, is using something for the purpose of anesthesia, to numb out, uh, to not have to face whatever there is to face. And we're all addicted to separation from the one thing. In bringing this to the conscious level, though, we must understand that the human mind thinks that its divinity has failed them. This sets up a cascade of suffering that ends up with us being addicted to suffering. Yeah, it's pretty crazy when you think about it that way, isn't it? That's quite a mouthful. We need to unpack this. Yeah, I think we should unpack it. So let's <laughs> let's start out by saying, you know, what David said, no one walks around thinking, oh, man, I got to find a, 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 a recovery group for my addiction to suffering. <laughs> it usually doesn't go that way. I mean, we know when we're addicted to alcohol, generally, not everybody wants to admit it, but or any other substance, you know, that it's kind of more clear. This addiction to suffering can actually be explained in a neuroscientific way, because when we actually think that we're well, let's go back one more step and say when we're when we believe that we're separated from the source of all life, then there's a uh, there's a whole paradigm and a whole programming that we live from, which is that we're not enough, and that we don't deserve love, and that you know maybe we're uh, people always abandon us and the world is going to the hell in a handbasket and that general kind of um, theme, right? You mean those things aren't, aren't true? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not that they're not true, but the thing is, is they're not the truth, right? Yeah. So we're here wanting to have this open conversation with you all about elevating the way we think about what's true, I suppose is the best way to say it. So where was I? Um, let's see. So yeah, when we're operating from that paradigm and, and all of our thoughts and, and our mental capacities are sort of under that umbrella, so to speak, that, that separated um, paradigm, then all of our thoughts are generally more ang anxious and, um, and worrisome and filled with doubt and fear, those, those kinds of general thought patterns, right? Maybe not 100% of the time, but it's like always buzzing under the surface, if you know what I mean. And that being the case, the thinking patterns that we get ourselves into and the spinning and the churning have um, a set of chemistry, a set of neurochemical releases that are very toxic and corrosive to the human body. And one of the, one of the many chemicals, there's like over 1400 chemicals that happen when we have a thinking process. And so when we're in the we're, when we're in the toxic version of thinking, one of those chemicals is adrenaline. And there's other chemicals that we know that a human body gets addicted to, but it's not so hard to understand that we get addicted to adrenaline. Adrenaline. So we, in order to feel alive, which is really what we all want to feel, or to feel, um, you know, passion instead of drama. But most of us work, play out it play it out in drama in order to feel passion. We we get 
we activate this addictive cascade to just sort of feel ourselves. I mean, that's one of the reasons. On the other hand, if we're aligned with the one thing and we're beginning to kind of uh, dig ourselves out of this pit of not a false belief that we're not good enough and that we're disconnected and that we don't deserve and that love isn't available to us and all those things, um, then uh, a different set of ca a chemical cascade happens. And that chemical cascade happens to be healing and repair restorative and it repairs versus tears down. And it's basically the opposite of what we just talked about. That could be simplified down into the nerve, you know, the autonomic nervous system, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic branch, the sympathetic branch, which we've talked about in a, a previous episode, being the stress response branch and all of these, these chemicals that are not serving us and corrosive. And then the parasympathetic, which is the, the branch where all the healing happens. And it's why we do things like breathe and meditate and walk in nature and acupuncture and massage because they or yoga they actually uh, elicit that response in our system wow okay there's a whole lot there and i, <laughs> I want to in particular double back to something that you said that's a total mic drop and that I think needs to be said again and, and maybe needs to be said a little bit about. Mm -hmm. And that is that a lot of us confuse drama and passion. We think that in order to tap into our passion, we have to create drama. And in truth, drama is essentially a substitute for authentic passion. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's the shadow. You're so good at shadow, you know, uh, you can probably say more on this, but drama is like the shadow version of what our, tr our heart truly craves, which is, you know, a which is passion. And sometimes people don't even know what they, they would mean by passion. It's not, it's not just crazy swinging from the chandelier sex. It's not just, I mean, it's, it's everything that is meaningful to the heart. You know, if you love to, to go to parks and smell flowers, that's a passion. You know, there's nothing drama, dramatic about that, right? And I'll never forget when I first realized how addicted to drama humanity was. I was standing in a bank. I was the next in line. There were all the tellers lined up in front of me. And above all the tellers, there was probably at least a half a dozen just in front of me and then a couple in the, behind me, um, television screens. And it was during... Simpson thing and it was the scene that we all know if we're of a certain age where he he was driving in that white Bronco on the LA freeway and being chased by the police and 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 the way they were talking about it and it was just so churning in drama and I thought wow this is a thing people are addicted to drama as much as they to suffering and I, I went into an inquiry for a number of years like what does that mean and that's how I came out with the idea that you know passion is really what we're looking for deep in our hearts right and so it's with all of that as the context would a shorthand way of defining passion be aliveness without adrenaline well it could be but that's an interesting consideration because you know, there are times, and they, they talk about this, like there's the good kind of stress. There's the kind of, uh, you know, s stress that kind of 
asks us to reach and stretch, but there's always a line, isn't there? Like we can, we can come up against that line and be sort of in the safe zone of adrenaline secretion and, and you know, stress that's kind of causing us to create and stretch and reach and that. But then when we go over the line, then it becomes corrosive. So I, I might say, you know, how did you say that passion? Well, let me let me modify it slightly uh, because I was being dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so passion could be seen as aliveness without an excess of adrenaline. Yes. Yes, that's a perfect way to say it. Passion could also be seen as anything where we're embodied and enjoying whatever it is we're doing. Right. And so I hope that everyone who's listening to us is understanding what we really mean by drama. Uh, you know, being dramatic for the sake of making a point or, you know, acting on stage. That's not what we're talking about. We're we're talking about creating angst, uh, anxiety, um, um, conflict, um, you know, th that that variety of drama, dysfunctional drama. That's a good way to say it, I think. Yeah, right. And the other thing I think we need to say something about or, or define is what we mean by suffering in terms of the dictionary's definition of suffering. Because in terms of dictionary definition, suffering is a state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's that's kind of what we mean by suffering. We don't mean you know, tear your hair out, the world is coming to an end. That would be an extreme version, but we're talking about suffering on, on a continuum. Right. Um, yeah. And the, the other thing that I wanted to um, underline in what you were saying was about the good kind of stress, because a lot of people don't know that there is actually a word for the good kind of stress. It's called eustress. That's spelled E-U-S-T-R-S-S, S-T-R-E-S-S, -S, rather, um, uh, which is positive stress. It is not what we associate with angst-ridden, anxiety-ridden, agitated, agitation-ridden stress. Right, right, yeah. I was, I'm wondering, I've never actually thought about looking this up, if the way that would be determined is based on you know, uh, neuro, um, like, you know, when they put, <laughs> I'm losing my words, when they do brain scans and that kind of thing, and they can actually look at the right, like fMRIs, like, functional MRIs. And so, if we're in a in an, a use stress, then th we would still more more likely than not be in our parasympathetic branch of our nervous system, maybe activating a little a little of the sympathetic, but when we're not, we're in the, when we're in the sort of corrosive stress, we're clearly in the sympathetic branch. And that's easy to detect on a, you know, on an MRI type imaging thing, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so where were we going with that um, dictionary definition of suffering? Yeah. So let's just say a few more things about suffering. When we hear the word suffering, generally as a human being, we think big dramatic to, to use the point, versions of suffering, like, you know, refugees and migrants and people who just got their whole city 
torn away by a hurricane or a tornado or, you know, those big dramatic kinds of suffering. And, and that's of course true, but we're also talking, like David said, there's a spectrum and we can wake up and put ourselves in a state of suffering and not even realize that we're sort of operating from that particular state all day long, just by worrying about our children or um, being concerned about how we might be uh, going to pay the mortgage next month or whether or not we get COVID or, you know, there's a, a host. I mean, it's, it would be way too long for us to list all those things, but we all have our own versions of them. And that is a version of suffering as well. And the reason why we can say that is be, people will say, well, that's just life. And you know, that's just the way it is. Look at history. There's always been plagues and there's always been crashes in the market and, you know, all that stuff. But the point we're trying to make in our time together is that there is a, there is a place to live from that is past or beyond that level or that bandwidth of suffering. And if you aren't aware that that's available to you, then you're going to fight for the limitations of suffering editorially, maybe not you specifically, but in general, a human being will fight for those limitations of suffering because they don't know it any different. And the one thing is this capacity to connect into a source of life that teaches us how to live beyond suffering and how to unhook from the addiction of being of suffering, how to unhook from the addiction that we think that that part of us that has never left has failed us and it hasn't. Yeah, and yeah, let's let's underscore that a little bit too, because as you say, when we have things like adrenaline and cortisol and norepinephrine and a, you know cocktail of stress chemicals pouring through our veins and and uh, impacting our brain, mm -hmm. the those are chemicals that are actually highly addictive, aren't they? Absolutely. They're meant to be released in emergency situations. And when they're released on occasion in emergency situations, they don't really become addicting. But when those chemicals are coursing through us fairly regularly, that creates an addiction that is much like heroin in a sense. Do you want to say something about that? Yeah, I mean, any mammal in in, in its natural state, uh, we know the idea of running from a, our predator on the plains of Africa and, you know, all of these chemicals get, get released. You know, we, all of the energy goes to away from digestion and into our limbs so we can run, increase of respiration, you know, uh, the intensity of our system just elevates so much. But the difference is, is that either either that animal on the plains of Africa is lunch or it escapes. And then it knows how to just bring everything back to center, everything back to homeostasis. Humans being such an interesting species don't always do that. We've gotten into this um, habit of living in that state in varying degrees of a stress response, sometimes lower than others, sometimes really heightened. Okay, maybe you do are you are running it from someone in an alley way, you know, you're going to want your stress response, you know, on. 
Um, but not when your boss calls you into his office, his office her, or her officer, not when the telephone rings or not when you wake up in the morning and think about the state of the world. Those aren't the places to give in to the, the corrosive uh, chemical cascade. Is that what you were sort of wanting us to touch on? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's that even though few people believe they're addicted to pain and suffering, the net result of the chronic release of these kinds of stress chemicals is essentially the definition of an unconscious addiction to suffering. It's not that we wake up in the morning and say to ourselves, okay, how can I suffer today? Right. <laughs> it's that when we have a chronic release of these stress chemicals, those chemicals create a physiological condition of suffering. And the outcropping of that are all the things we see in our modern day experience, right? The, it, heart disease and cancer and anxiety and depression and shootings and, you know, all the things that are being outpictured into our world are a result of this cr chronicity of stress response. Yeah, and, and so there's not really we do, we don't have to like ha wrestle so to speak about whether this is true or not. It, it's happening, and I don't think anybody can doubt it. The the real question is, the invitation is to um, to do whatever it takes to do the work to in those moments when those little stress bombs go off to bring yourself back to center. And you can only do this. This is my experience now. There's lots of tools and, and, and techniques, but to really live beyond that place, evolve oneself beyond the place of that bandwidth of stress requires our connection to the higher presence, this, the, the one thing that we're, this, whole, this whole experience is about, this whole podcast is about. Right. And so just to tie a bow around this part of what we're talking about in this episode, the one addiction is the addiction to suffering. That's, that's Under which it. There's a, an umbrella of so many versions. Exactly. There are so many different variations, massive numbers of variations, but they're all variations on suffering because suffering is a physiological manifestation of stress chemicals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to get into the, the purpose of this conversation. Why are we stressing this? Did you want to say something? Well, first? I was going to say you were. I was going to ask you because you had mentioned you wanted to say something about um, the animal ego thought um, aspect. Right. Well, let let me pave the way to that. Okay. Because the purpose of this conversation is to make the unconscious conscious. Right. It's okay. it's like when people are addicted to drama. They can't start making different choices until they first realize this. And you said this a little earlier in a different way as well. Um, when, when we become conscious of our drama, that's when we can choose to repurpose drama as passion. Right. And what, um, what if I tie that in with, with the issue of, of our animal self, you know, um, the animal self really has a repertoire 
of four ways of dealing with things. Fight, run away, freeze like a deer in the headlights, or play dead like a possum. So those are called in shorthand in neuro, neuropsychology, fight, flight, freeze, or faint. Mm -hmm. When we think that that repertoire is who we are, we think we're lizards. We think we are, we have, we are reptiles. We aren't thinking from the thinking part of our brain, our cortex, let alone from our spiritual self. And so when we think we're only our animal self and we're only our seemingly separated ego, this mindset actually inevitably perpetuates suffering in us. It keeps us locked in a state of suffering. And the one addiction is to our animal's ego thoughts, to thinking we're separated from the one thing or that we're smarter than infinite love and wisdom, so we have to figure stuff out for ourselves and we have to be overstressed and we have to carry the burden of, our, of the world on our shoulders and all of, all of that animal ego thinking that's not really our true identity. Right, and we have to justify our existence and, and we believe ourselves. This is the funny thing. Like, oh, yes. We believe because we don't know any different, right? In the, and, if, and it's all very, very serious. It's very serious. <laughs> and, and there's no, you know, it's hard to talk ourselves out of it, right? Um, but I, I like to think of it, I, I don't know if we've talked about it this way before, we, you stop me if we have, but if this is the bandwidth of suffering, and this is also the, the, the bandwidth of human, lower human thoughts or lower, you know, ego thoughts, lower meaning there's a, a higher mind that's ours to, for the taking, and that higher mind that's ours for the taking is also connected to a higher presence. And when we practice connecting our mind to the higher presence, there is a, there's like stuff happens, things change, ego thoughts melt, not all of them, but they start that process of melting. And the more you do that, the more, um, the more your mind is like a chalice for like, liquid source <laughs> or liquid love if you will and there's not really as much room for the ego thoughts and then that that liquid that's it and I'm, I'm just using that as a that may not resonate for you but i see literally my mind as a chalice and it's just receiving the light from the top which is from my higher present and it turns into like this liquid light <laughs> that just kind of fills this chalice in my mind and it literally kind of pushes my thoughts or absorbs them, or I don't, you know, I don't know fully, I don't care because it just happens. But um, when that happens, you have access, you, you have access to really the way it is, to trusting and to feeling, like feeling it in your system, in your mind, body, and, and physiology, the connection to this higher presence, to the source of life, to the unified field, to the quantum field. And remembering that that quantum and unified field, same, same, is, is a fabric of love. And so if you're held by that, if you're swaddled in that, it's a very different experience of life than when you're, you know, you happen to be tangled and strangled by fear. Right. And where we're inviting you, our, our listener, to not go into denial about 
moments when you're suffering. We're inviting you to do okay. quite the opposite. We're inviting you to wake up. We're inviting you to just, without shame, without self-criticism, to just notice, oh, I've moved back into suffering. And we're inviting you to repurpose suffering for connection to the one thing. Um, because this is what gives us access to reclaiming our health and our abundance and our love with, uh, without which, without those things, without our health and our abundance and our love, we're just going to continue to suffer. Right. And so we're, we're reframing um, AFCOs, you know, another friggin' growth opportunity um, uh, in a different way. We don't have to love when something is going on in our lives that we're not liking or when we're feeling in ourselves in a way, uh, a way that we're not liking. We just have to be become willing to use it uh, to, to bring the energy of dysfunctional stress and adrenaline addiction and suffering to rest. And this, this, is, this is the one choice yeah, that yeah. we get with the one addiction. The one choice is the one choice between the uh, uh, the 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 one addiction or the one thing? Uh, this is the one choice that everything else grows from, right. and so we're inviting you to become masterful with recognizing when you're not aligned with the one thing. And the easy way to do that is anytime you're suffering, anytime you're not feeling passion without drama, if we, uh, that's one way of saying it, um, aliveness without distress, uh, is you're, you're in the one addiction and you're at that choice point. You're, you're only faced, it's not complicated. It's just one choice. Am I gonna indulge the ego animal mind or am I going to re-step into the one thing am i going to treat that moment as a wake up call right and it it it's so well put and the thing is that you don't have to know you don't have to have all the answers right now you just have to keep bringing yourself to connection and ask to be shown and you will cuz by the by by grace you will be you will be shown just simply by your request yes so extending this one step further then the only way we can be a victim of anything is through the one addiction, yeah. through that addiction to being separated, the addiction to suffering, through being addicted to or indulging our animal nature and believing our ego's messages. That's the only way we can be a victim of anything. It's true. And one more thing, if you'll indulge us for time here. We, the only way to change the world is for each one of us to do this work. Because the more of us that do it, the less we have to outpicture drama and crazy in, into, onto the world stage. So the more of us that do this work, the more we will tip the scales in favor of a more sane experience that we call the world. And I, I know everyone that I know wants that. Exactly, and for those who aren't familiar with the, the word outpicturing, we're talking about projection, where my internal conflicts that I am not in conscious 
effective, empowered relationship with, I will project out and see in the world as though it's all happening out there and it's being done to me. And when 7 billion plus people do that, what we have is what we see today. Yes, exactly. So yes, we're about changing the world and we're about changing systems and we're about change from the top down. We're also about change from where it needs to start, which is from the bottom up and the inside out. Mm -hmm. And that means you and that means me and David and everybody, any, ear, any ears this lands upon, you're it. <laughs> Yeah, we're all at tag. We're it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like what Pogo said in the famous um, Walt Kelly comic strip from the the nineteen fifties. We've seen the enemy, and he is us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's not what we're meant to be. We're not to, meant to be an enemy to ourselves no, or no, an no, enemy no. to each other. That would be the that would be the expression of one who feels separated. Is right. They're an enemy to themselves. And that is suffering. And that is suffering. And when we come into connection, we don't think those ways. We don't feel those ways. We don't have a life that expresses those ways. We have quite the opposite. And that's what most hearts want. Yes. So the one solution we're proposing, the one solution to everything, starts with spotting when the one addiction is active and and recognizing that uh, is what puts us at choice to, with the one choice to either indulge our animal ego separated suffering delusions or to step into the one thing, step into connection, step into our higher selves. Everything we don't want or that grieves us comes from the, the one addiction. And everything we want comes from the one thing. Bingo. <laughs> Anything else you want to add before we do no, a teaser about next episode? Good. Yeah, that's good. That's good? Yeah. Okay, so with all of this in mind, we're going to take this a step further in the next episode. And we're going to be talking about the difference between intention and decision. Ooh. And so... I'm sorry, we're going to say something? No, I just said boom. <laughs> boom. Mic drop. <laughs> and so until next time, remember to dance with your better half. <laughs>